Hey everyone, this is Greg. And this is Matt, and this is Record Mashup. We're excited to, uh, to be back here with episode four, and uh, we've got a little bit of a more depressing week this week in terms of our theme, but two really good songs that I think will be very interesting for, for you as the listener and they will 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 really be able to dive into some some meaty stuff with these two songs. So uh, I'm going to be talking about "Chandelier" by Sia. And Greg, do you want to talk about which song you're you're gonna introduce, and then we'll we'll dive into it. Yes, yes. I have "ADHD" by Joyner Lucas. He's a little bit of a newer rapper, but I'm pretty sure most of you who have been listening to rap lately have probably heard the song. Anyone outside of that? Maybe not. Absolutely. As you could tell, this week's theme is is diseases and disorders. Obviously, Joyner Lucas's his song is about ADHD, as in the name. And uh, Chandelier by Sia is about substance abuse, specifically from the metaphor of alcoholism. So that's going to be uh, our theme for this week. And uh, with that, uh, let's jump right into uh, to Chandelier. Uh, so this was a song that was uh, written by Sia, as well as Jesse Shatkin. And it was the lead single on Sia's sixth studio album, which was titled 1,000 Forms of Fear. The song was released on March 17th, 2014. And what's interesting, Greg, I don't know if you found this, but when she originally was writing this song, she originally wrote it with the intent for it to be released or recorded and released by either Rihanna or Beyonce. But she actually ended up recording it and releasing it herself. Yeah, I did find that pretty interesting. I saw that also. She has in the past made a lot of music and co-wrote music for past artists. And that's kind of how she really kind of made her name. But for this instance, yeah, she she just kind of was playing around and, thought she was making something for someone else and realized, Hey, this is like something that affects me. This, this is a song for me. Absolutely. And, and that's a great point because she throughout her life for a number of incidences and and personal experiences in her life, she had suffered from alcoholism, uh, drugs, bipolar disorder. She also had an autoimmune disease and she also even attempted suicide uh, at one point. So this was definitely a song that I think she could relate to on a personal level uh, when she was writing it and certainly um, as she you know, presented it to, to the world. So with that, let's, uh, let's kind of get into it. I, Greg, I don't know if you remember when this song first came out. It was uh, 2014. I was actually um, in my last year of undergrad at the time. And I, I remember this song. I actually did not hear it then. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I heard it uh, 2015 or t- I think it was 2016. Actually, we we watched a lot of music videos on the boat and everything. So yeah, we saw that in the Shia LaBeouf music video for her other song. I'm blanking on the name of it, but it's got the same same girl who does choreography and the dancing in Chandelier as well. So we we're actually huge fans of both of those songs and. Chandelier actually was what got me kind of interested in Sia. I haven't listened to all of her music, but I've listened to things here and there. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. The song had a little bit of a slow release. So it was released Mm -hmm. in 2014. 
in March of 20, 2014. I think I first heard the song in that summer, June or July. I was actually at a Sarah Bareilles concert, of all things. And uh, Sarah Bareilles did a cover of it. Absolutely killed it. It's uh, There's actually still on, if you go on YouTube and look up Sarah Bareilles, Chandelier, the top oh, video that comes wow. up was the concert I was at. Did a remarkable cover. But that was when I first heard the song. And it was, it was funny because just a few weeks after that is when the song really kind of started hitting the airwaves and getting big, which was pretty interesting. So I don't know if that makes me a hipster, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, taking a look at uh, Wikipedia, it shows the release history for the song. So it came out uh, March and then it had multiple re-releases later yep. in March, June, yep, and also July. Yes, that's right. And it was actually released twice uh, in the U.S. Many of those releases were obviously in different countries. Artists oftentimes, as you know, will, will release songs at different points across the world. But it was actually released twice in the U.S., which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Which is probably why it saw that, that kind of second wave, if you will, of, of fame. I've also never seen Wikipedia show so many weekly charts, year-end charts for a song before. If you look at Wikipedia, it's got every big country out there that has a peak position for it. And most of them are in the number one to number 10 spot. So top 10 spot for this song multiple times. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it hit number one in uh, five countries. But as you said, it was top 10 in almost just about every country that it charted in, which is pretty mm-hmm. remarkable. And the song was eventually nominated for four Grammys. Unfortunately, it didn't win any Grammys, but it, but it was nominated for four. In the U.S., it did peak at number eight. Um, unfortunately, it didn't hit number one in the U.S., but, but still, nonetheless, a, a really great song that had a lot of commercial success. Yeah. So this song, um, we've kind of said it as a precursor, really deals with substance abuse, uh, specifically using the metaphor of alcoholism. And a lot of, a lot of folks, when it, this song first came out, thought that it was a really upbeat song and it's certainly understandable because the most memorable part of this song is the chorus which is true for most songs and the chorus if you just listen to the chorus it really actually kind of sounds like an uplifting song so it's easy to understand why listeners would have that perception of the song it's got the the phrase in there in the chorus you know live like tomorrow doesn't exist uh, which kind of goes back to one of our earlier themes in our podcast about this idea of you only live once. And so we need to live life to the fullest. But when you really tie in the verses to this song, that chorus suddenly starts to take on a whole other meaning. And I think that that's one of the cool things about this song is that it really can be interpreted in many different ways and but to fully understand and appreciate it, you really have to listen to it in its entirety. But before we really dive in, I just want to say, too, there's a number of variations on the interpretation of this song. So it's entirely possible that some of our listeners could interpret specific lines or even entire verses differently. But uh, as we go through this, I'm going to talk a little bit about how I interpret the song. And Greg, if you have different interpretations, I think that that'd be a really great opportunity for us to, to discuss that. But when you do listen to the song, it's actually a really incredibly sad song. Uh, if you stop and listen to the lyrics, 
It's uh, clearly a song about depression and substance abuse, and it's presented from the viewpoint of a party girl. So lyrically, the song, as we've mentioned, uses alcohol, but it could easily be a metaphor for any addictive coping mechanism, alcohol, drugs, sex, etc. And the opening verse, she uses the phrase, I can't feel anything. I push it down. I push it down. She's sitting there trying to suppress her feelings. So it conveys this image of depression. And the other thing I really like about this line, push it down, push it down. Not only it's got a double meaning. So not only is she suppressing her feelings, but she's also through the lyrics of the song, continuing to physically put more alcohol into her body as the song progresses, which is, which is really a really great play on words that Sia does here. Then the next two lines, she emphasizes that she's putting, putting on this front as a party girl. You know, I'm the one for a good time call, phone's blowing up, ringing my doorbell. So despite her depression, she is putting on this facade that everything is okay because she's the life of the party. And then we go into the one, two, three, drink, one, two, three, drink line, where she's clearly knocking back drink after drink to suppress her emotions. And then we really dive into that chorus, which, as I said, was, is probably the most memorable uh, section of this song. And musically, there's this huge crescendo that leads into that. But in the yeah, context... It's definitely, definitely big. Uh, it's a big change, I think, too, in yeah. the, the tone of the song from the verses to the chorus as well. Absolutely. And I... I think in the context of this first verse, the phrase, I'm going to live like tomorrow doesn't exist, which is a line in the chorus, it suddenly starts to take on a new meaning, right? So if, if she's knocking back drink after drink, she's, not, she's clearly not concerned about whether or not she even lives until the morning. And when I mentioned there's a number of different variations on this song, there are some people that actually think that this song is talking about suicide, um, that she's intentionally trying to drink herself to, to OD, to overdose. I don't personally see it that way. I think this is really just more of a song about clinical depression and, and someone trying to deal with that through a coping mechanism, in this case, alcoholism. But, but there, are, there are some folks that, that, that see it as a, a song about suicide. Yeah, I just see it as the like, anti-party girl song. So generally, you'll have a song by any artist that's your party girl or just party song in general. And this is kind of the opposite of that. Yeah, absolutely. Diving back into the chorus, as we continue with the, the chorus, it, you know, it says that she's going to go swing from the chandelier, which again, if, you, if, you're, if you're buying into the suicide line, suddenly swing from a chandelier has a very different connotation to it. That's too depressing for me to want to believe that <laughs> one. I, yeah, I agree. I think my, my take on this line, and it really kind of comes back to, or goes to this next phrase where she says, help me, I'm holding on for dear life. And I think you're swinging from a chandelier, you're holding on for dear life. I really look at this as a call for help. She understands in this song that she is depressed. She understands that she's coping with that depression through alcoholism and and by trying to make a scene and be a party girl and swinging it from the chandelier she's saying i need help i need help and that's just her way of conveying that 
to her friends and family. And she even acknowledges in the, in one, the line, won't look down, won't open my eyes. She acknowledges that, that that's what she's doing, or perhaps she's saying she just doesn't care, but she understands that she's putting herself in danger at risk through her actions. And I think, you know, and then we move into the second verse where she says, sun is up, I'm a mess, got to get out now, got to run from this. Here comes the shame, here comes the shame. And then we jump right back into this one, two, three drink line. And that phrase and the fact that it immediately goes back into the chorus where she's back to drinking, certainly there's a, a song writing aspect to this too. That's how most songs are written, right? You, you do a verse, you go into the chorus, you do a verse, you go into the chorus. But when we're thinking about this song in terms of what it, what it means in the larger picture, it represents this cycle that folks with depression have and folks that, that deal with depression through some kind of addictive means, how they handle situations. So they realize something's wrong and their way of dealing with it is just to keep doing that thing that they know is wrong. And it creates Absolutely. this cycle. And I think that Sia masterfully represents that cycle in, in, in how she's constructed the the rhythm and the pattern of this song it's it's incredibly well done and it really hit hits at the vicious cycle that all addicts face whether that is alcohol or drugs or as i said sex abuse even uh physical abuse but not, not so much physical abuse that's usually at the hands of others but any kind of self-inflicted abuse from an addictive nature so, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I have to admit when I, when I first heard this song years ago, I, I never really kind of understood what this song represented because it was such a big song and had such a great catchy chorus. And as we, we were preparing for this week and I was just sitting there really kind of diving into these lyrics, it, it, it really is a dark song. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely covered up by the tone of the music like the instruments that the, they're playing and just the beat of the song, how it's portrayed. It definitely doesn't get the, I don't think it gets the message across on a first play. You, you actually have to listen to it a couple of times, actually dive into the lyrics and understand what's saying. Because from the start of it, just like you said, it goes into just pushing your feelings down and the way she's doing that is just drinking more alcohol. And then she gets ashamed in the second verse of how she's acting. So to get rid of that shame, she just pushes it down with more alcohol. So it really gets into just covering up your feelings with whatever you can. Yeah. So that you can't feel them anymore. Essentially. Yeah. I, and I completely agree. And I think when you look at, at, at how the song was then portrayed in the larger media as it was being rolled out. Uh, Sia performed this song on several shows uh, to market the, the song. She performed on SNL, Ellen. Uh, I think she may have performed on Good Morning America, uh, but I know certainly SNL and Ellen and a number of other shows. And every time she would perform this song, she would cover her face. Mm-hmm. She, you know, whether it was with her, her wig or she'd have her back to the audience, but she would never show her face. And that's not at the time I remember thinking, oh, that's just kind of her shtick, right? That she 
puts on this persona of pe- not, not wanting people to understand or know who she is as a person. And I think there probably was some truth to that. Sia has, has said multiple times that she doesn't, didn't necessarily want fame or, or any of that that comes with being a celebrity. But I also think that there was a message there that, that ties into the nature of this song, right? Because people that suffer from depression, and well, in this case, the, the party girl wants to throw herself out there and she's, she's handling her, her depression by being very extroverted. But there are a number of people that handle depression by being very introverted and wanting to retreat. And I think that her, her persona and performing the song kind of highlighted that other aspect to depression and not wanting to, to show herself. And I think that that's just so masterfully done. I just, everything that Sia did with this song, both in the lyrics and her live performances of it, I think really kind of hit perfectly on the issues of depression and substance abuse. Mm -hmm. I agree. Definitely. hundred percent with that. So that's really, you know, that's pretty much everything lyrically. There's the song. Great. I don't know if you have any thoughts on the lyrics. Um, Certainly the music video was incredibly successful. Um, for this this song I agree with your take on it so everything that you said would just be me repeating what you said basically I know you said that there's different ways that you can uh, view the song possibly but when you boil it down it's just to either substance abuse or depression of some sort and you hit every topic that I really wanted to cover yeah well you want to you want to talk a little bit about uh, ADHD, and then we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about, about how the two songs kind of compare. Yeah, so ADHD, uh, Jordan Lucas is a newer rapper, um, got famous on a song with uh, Eminem, but he's actually been making music for a while, but he came out with his album ADHD, same as the song, and throughout the album, if you listen to it, covers a lot about a- him and ADHD. Uh, he mentions it. Um, I don't want to say every song, but at least half the songs I would say he mentions it. On. But in ADHD, he actually goes into depth on how he feels. So we'll just kind of talk about this. My wife will actually be chiming in a little bit. Sorry, you don't see her on video. Uh, I promise she's beautiful and everything like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh that sorry she she forced me to market her (laughs) anyways (laughs) getting into the song so the very first lyrics are it kind of feel like feels like i'm dying on the inside it kind of feels like i've been trying to get by so starting it off very clearly that he just doesn't feel right just from the inside he he can't really understand like what he's doing so he's just he's just trying to do everything that he can just to get by right yeah and he's been this way since uh very little and he was diagnosed with adhd as a child and um talking about it he, his family he's had uh other people in his life that were just kind of negative toward him due to being diagnosed with adhd and adhd we, we call it an illness, sure, it's a, uh, I wouldn't even con- consider it like a mental disorder or anything, it's just something you have to deal with, and a lot of people do say they have ADHD when they actually don't have ADHD, right. 
it's actually something you need to go to a doctor, be diagnosed with. And it really hasn't been getting any traction until I'd say the past couple of years, really, where people are actually considering it as something serious. Right. Anyways, he goes into saying that he doesn't need any medication. He may be just a little bit different. Um, or maybe it's just that his ADHD isn't tripping. So his ADHD is actually making him act out or act differently. And people's negative connotations or like how they see ADHD negatively kind of affects him and makes him act out differently or negatively or just fidget a lot around people, things like that. And he continuously goes into this song with Sam saying that he's dying on the inside. And why does he think he's crazy and someone, someone to say him, right? So you can't blame the person with ADHD. It's just how their mind works. They think a little bit differently than what you would say maybe your normal person thinks, right? Right. But you can't blame that person because that's how they interpret it. And also with people with ADHD, it amplifies their anxiety. So if you have an anxious person and they have ADHD, it just makes that anxiety worse and they, they feel different. So with ADHD, it doesn't mean that you have anxiety or depression. It is, you are more likely to have anxiety or depression with ADHD. However, even if you don't have ADHD or, I mean, anxiety or depression with, with your ADHD, the medication that you take to be able to treat your ADHD is sort of a you consider it an upper, so a bit like speed. So then that makes obviously everything in your body go faster. So that can cause anxiety. So with people that have, that have been diagnosed with anxiety, depression, and ADHD, there's sort of the issue of not being on medication for ADHD. You have anxiety because you're not functioning at your fullest potential, even with medication or without medication. So you have anxiety because you can't get anything right or done without the medication. However, then you go on the medication and it actually changes your anxiety. So before you had the anxiety that you couldn't do things right or couldn't get it done, now you've got the anxiety of just not that, but completely different of now you can get things done, but you want to get everything done within the next two hours sort of thing. And it's just constant. So a lot of people get misdiagnosed with anxiety or just ADHD when really it can go both ways and they're not always treated appropriately. So it's just, you can be on an anti-anxiety, anti-depression with your ADHD medication. It doesn't mean it's going to take away your anxiety. It's just going to maybe calm it down. But unfortunately with ADHD comes a lot of other mental disorders and it's very common and not a lot of people realize that. Yeah, so I think she said it great. Uh, the next, basically the rest of the song was just described by her. So, it's <laughs> really shorter than the Sia, um, the Chandelier overview. So going into uh, the first verse, my mind racing, I've been paranoid, goes great into that. Overthinking, yeah, getting anxious about everything um, mentality. Right. And that's, I mean, that's exactly what your wife was just describing is, is that anxiety that, that, that comes about from this disorder. Yes. And another thing with ADHD. So 
at least back in the 90s when I was diagnosed. Um, I was also diagnosed in a different country from, from the United States, so things are a little bit different. But a lot of people think that because you have ADHD, you're going to be naturally hyper. It's not like that whatsoever. You, some people can be hyper, some people cannot. But for example, when I was a teenager, I was not, I, I've never been a hyper person. I could sit for hours reading a book. Nowadays, however, I can't sit still to read a book or watch a show. And the hyperactivity can go with your body. But for example, with me, it's my mind. My mind never stops. I can't relax. You can ask Greg. I do not know how to relax. And him telling me to relax stresses me out so much. Don't do that. It just, <laughs> I, I, relaxing stresses me out. Because in my mind, I've got so many lists going of what I have to do, even though it's not urgent. I know that if I don't get it done immediately, it's never going to get done sort of thing. So it's like a... Yeah. Your mind just never stops. And you never know from the moment you wake up, you have no idea what your mind's going to do for the rest of the day. It could be a day where you just can't function. It could be yeah. a day where you just need to get everything done immediately as fast as possible. Things that could take a, a normal person to do seven days and you're trying to get it done in four hours. Or something. And yeah. it's just, there's so many aspects to it. Like Joanna Lucas, not only in the song ADHD, but also the song finally with Chris Brown, he talks about, you know, failing and you can't blame me this time and all that kind of stuff. A lot of people with ADHD, we blame ourselves incredibly uh, so much just because I think a lot of it stems, at least with me, I was diagnosed when I was in school, so I wasn't getting good grades, not because I'm not smart, but I had no interest. And if I don't have any interest, there, there's nothing happening there. But teachers always blamed us because you know you're not studying hard enough you don't like math you don't get math sort of thing and so now in my adult life if I do something wrong I completely blame myself because it could be something so easy that it's just sort of like why is this so hard for me so I'm blaming myself constantly if something happens to Greg I blame myself even though I was nowhere even near the roof it, it's things like that or if Greg has an issue with me or my boss calls me into his office. It could be that they can tell me the nicest thing in the world, but automatically my anxiety spikes because I think that they're going to tell me I did something wrong. Yeah. And I think Joyner Lucas hits on that, right? I mean, he talks about how, you know, I can't tell you what I'm thinking. I, I don't know how to say it. Exactly. And we and, don't know how to process things or put things into words the same way. Right. I I have a hard time. One of my things on a bad day is, and this is different with everybody. My thing is you can be talking to me and I know the words that you're telling me, but for some reason, my brain is not processing this. So it takes me a good solid 10 minutes to place each word that you just told me together to give me meaning. So most people look at me like I'm like dumb or something because I'm staring at them trying to process this and it's not because I'm staring at them it's because I'm literally trying to remember what those words meant yeah and, you, and you're probably your your mind's probably racing with with where to go with the conversation I would imagine yes exactly and if yeah. you need to give me instructions you better write them down because I'm gonna have to ask <laughs> a million times my computer desktop is filled with post-it notes there's post-it notes everywhere in my office because I have to a calendar doesn't work for me. I have to be making lists. I constantly think about things. So, and I don't want to forget about things. And it's just, yeah. it's like a never ending cycle. And it doesn't help like Joyner Lucas in one of his songs has a skit with a doctor 
um, talking about how he's being diagnosed with ADHD. And the thing is, yes, they do. The, the first thing they're, they're going to try is medication. And that's, that's great for some people. It's not so great for other people. It really depends on the person. I went from my 18th birthday to I think I was 25 without any medication. And I didn't realize how bad it had gone because I never realized what the symptoms are. Because it's not just not being able to focus, but so many other things. Now, a lot of doctors, they can medicate you. However, the issue is they don't teach you how to be able to deal with it or go around it or maybe deal with all the intrusive like thoughts, paranoia, always blaming ourselves sort of thing and trying to make us feel okay with not being able to do what neurotypical people can do in a, in shorter amounts. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and I think and that, that's kind of a, a great segue, I think, towards towards the, the last verse here in, in Joyner Lucas's song. He says, you can't blame me, right? It's not, it's not your fault. It's not, you know, and he says earlier in the song, you know, it's something you're born with. Yes, exactly. Yes. And, yeah. And I think, I think that's, I think Joyner Lucas is, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Greg, but I think the larger part or point rather of his song and really his whole album the ADHD album is to bring awareness to this and to, yeah, to it's definitely to bring awareness to ADHD as well as um he has some other songs that he talks about just drugs and alcohol and things like that as well that he he doesn't agree with the whole like drug culture like singing about drugs like glorifying them and things like that as well so he's definitely on on bringing awareness to ADHD and just like even alcoholism or like uh, overdosing on drugs and things like that. So, so a lot of the songs definitely have a lot of good messages to it. When I first heard the album, which was probably three or four months ago, I was driving to go and get takeout from Indian food because it was great. Anyways, I never, artists usually rap or sing or whatever you want to say about anxiety, depression, drug abuse, things like that. But I think he's the first one that I've ever heard talk about ADHD. And completely honestly, the first few lyrics from Finally and also the ADHD song, I broke down in tears because it's so nice to hear about other people. You don't, it's not something you usually share with people. So it's not something you can just talk about openly with people. Usually everybody keeps inside because you don't want future employers or your actual employer to hear about it. You don't want other people to even know because they may blame you for other stuff sort of thing, or maybe feel sorry for you and you really don't want that. So it was just, it was such a relief to hear somebody actually talk about it and bring awareness to it. And it was just, it it was really nice. And I'm obsessed with that album and I probably will be for a very long time. (laughs) We both really like Joyner Lucas. But it it was, it was really nice and you can hear him when he's rapping the struggle that he's been through since he was a kid with it. the medication with the symptoms it's just you never feel better all the medication does is just slightly take off the edge yeah. it doesn't and it comes with a whole other array of issues like medication the medication is not really necessarily healthy for us either a lot of people think oh look at you it's great for you to be on medication it suppresses your appetite you know it makes you study harder and all that no it doesn't what may yeah. take a normal, what's called a neurotypical person to study four hours, if they take the medication when they don't have it, 
it may take them just an hour to study. Now with me, what would usually take me four hours to study without medication with medications may take me three and a half hours. So right. there's really not that much of a difference. It's just slightly helping us be able to process and be able to function. So I, it, it kind of grinds my gears when everybody's like, oh, you're so lucky to be on medication or, oh, you know, I messed up. I must have ADHD. It, no, it, it's not just attention. It's not just wanting medication to be able to lose weight or anything like that. It's just like caffeine and nicotine. They fill you up when you first start too, but then you get used to it. Right. It's, there's just so much miscon misconception about ADHD. And it also gets so wrongly misdiagnosed. Like most kids, I find in children, it can get overly diagnosed because just because a kid is bad at studying, it could be anything else that he's bad at studying. It doesn't, she, he doesn't mean that he has, they have ADHD. In adults though, the symptoms can be much stronger because you're seeing it in your daily life because you don't have your parents taking care of you or doing your laundry or you're living on your own. So it's, the symptoms become more aware and stronger. However, as an adult, it is very hard to get diagnosed with ADHD. Very hard. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. And I, you talked a little bit about the passion that Jonah Lucas brings to this song. And I think that's one of the things that these two songs really have in common when we mm -hmm. look at them together. Certainly, they're both bringing attention to their respective subject matters. But but they're both singing with such passion. And I think that passion probably stems from their own personal experiences. Certainly that's true yes. for Jordan Lucas. And, but I think it's also true for Sia, you know, cause she suffered from alcoholism and drug addiction herself. And I think that that's what's so compelling. I think about both these songs and what makes them so good is that they, they have that personal experience to draw upon that in turn translates to passion and in, in, yeah, in how they really present it. Yes, the passion really brings out the emphasis on it. And then they're not really related as far as what they're talking about for the illness or disorder or whatever you want to call it. But the, the same message gets across that there is something that's wrong and they need help with it. And you can't necessarily blame them. You just need to help them with it, whether that's through therapy if you need the medication to kind of help you with that, sure, take the medication too. But you can also call people, whether it's someone you know or even someone you don't know. There's always sources out there for someone to talk to. And I think Matt, you had a had a source. Yes. So if yeah, we just wanted to say if if there is anybody listening to this that that is struggling with either substance abuse or any kind of mental health disorder. There is a free national helpline that you can call. Um, it's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services National Helpline. It's completely free, completely confidential, and it's available 24-7, 365 days a year. Uh, but if you do need that, you can call 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. And so if, if, if you or a family member is, is struggling with any of, of the substance abuse or as we said, mental, mental disorders, and there's a number of them out there, you know, we'd encourage you to, to seek help. And there's, there's people that want to help you. There's people that care. And I think that these two songs go a long way in, in helping to promote awareness about these issues. 
I agree with that. And I know this is a little bit of a longer episode, but I think the theme of the episode definitely requires that. And absolutely, it's kind of an important one. Rather, rather than a fun one, it's more of an important one. So uh, take, take, take it on board, everyone. Absolutely. And Greg, we appreciate your wife's help here this week. And with that, do you talk a little bit about what we're going to hit on next week? Yeah, so next week we're going to try and go more of a fun route with this, get away from the serious topic and maybe more depressing topic and try to get into a more fun topic. So we'll be covering some one-hit wonders. They don't really have anything in common other than that they're one-hit wonders, but we'll try to make it fun and uh, interesting for everyone to listen to. So I'm going to be covering I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. Matt, what song do you have? Yeah, we're, I'm going to talk about Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum. Yeah. So th- it'll be a fun week. It'll be fun talking about both of those songs. It'll just be more uplifting than this week was. Yes, but but this was this is an episode I think you and I both were very interested in doing, and I'm, I'm thankful that we had the opportunity to do it. And again, I, much thanks to your wife for her insight and incredible commentary, I think, on the subject. So Yes. Yeah. She, uh, she walked away, but... She was really excited to talk about it as well in this episode. So. Great. All right. Um, well, with that, do you have anything else? No. With that, just want to want to thank our listeners, and if you haven't already, please hit subscribe, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have any any questions or comments or suggestions for the show, you can reach us at recordmashup at gmail dot com. All right. Thank you, everyone. Have a good Thanks, one, guys.